This is the To The Point Podcast. Together with our ERISA attorney, we'll explore key Affordable Care Act and trending compliance topics all in 15 minutes or less. Now here's our host, Sarah Gillespie. Welcome to our To The Point Podcast. This is Sarah Gillespie. I am the host and the compliance director at uh, Lipscomb and Pitts in Memphis, Tennessee. I have with me my co-host, ERISA attorney, Stacy Barrow. Hey, Stacy, how are you today? I'm good, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. So in today's conversation, we wanted to discuss the employer tax credit for paid family and medical leave. And this podcast is not necessarily a new topic. It was part of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that was signed into law in December 2017. But since it's still 2018, and since maybe there's still a little bit of time left to claim it for 2018, and certainly maybe to set yourselves up for 2019, we thought we'd record a conversation talking a little bit more about it. So first, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act uh, created a general business tax credit for eligible employers of all sizes that provide paid family and medical leave to their employees for tax years 2018 and 2019 only. For employers that already provide paid short-term disability, this might be, to some, low-hanging fruit, but we wanted to address it as part of a benefits podcast because there are certainly some hoops to jump through and some boxes to check in order to be eligible. So, Stacey, I'm going to run through some of these criteria, and then I'm hoping that you would offer our audience some commentary on the reality of employers claiming this credit. Sure. Okay, so first, all right, so an employer must have a written policy in place that provides at least two weeks of paid family and medical leave at a payment rate that is at least 50% of an employee's normal pay rate to all qualifying employees. So one more time, we've got to have a written policy in place that provides at least two weeks of paid family medical leave and at a rate that is at least 50% of an employee's normal pay and to all qualifying employees. So, Stacey, can you speak to who a qualifying employee would be? Sure. Uh, So a qualifying employee is someone who has worked for the employer for at least one year and whose compensation um, doesn't exceed 60% of the compensation threshold for highly comp employees. So what this turns out to is about $72,000 in 2017. I think it's also the same for um, for 2018. Um, 18. So it's, again, basically any employee, full-time or part-time, who has worked for you for one year or more and in the prior year had comp that was less than, let's say, $72,000. So like Sarah said, the the tax credit um, is available for employers that provide at least two weeks of annual paid family and medical leave. That two weeks can be prorated for part-time employees. And for these purposes, part-time is generally measured using a a 30-hour standard, just like we do for the ACA. so your, your policy that provides for the paid family leave, it must also have at least a prorated, um, if not full, benefit for part-time employees. 
Okay, so thanks for providing that distinction because I think, you know, one thing that we want employers to understand, especially those who are offering those short-term disability policies and maybe thinking about this, is who are those policies offered to? Do they include any part-time people, at least insofar as they meet this compensation threshold, as Stacy has explained? Okay, so the second criteria is that the tax credit is only going to apply to leave that's taken for a reason permitted under the Federal Family and Medical Leave Act, FMLA. So paid leave that's taken for vacation, personal, sick time, that is not considered. So Stacy, before we move on, can you remind our listeners the types of things that would be qualifying reasons for FMLA? Right. So, so like you said, you know, reasons that are not for family medical leave, like vacations or personal time or sick time for oneself, um, doesn't qualify as family medical. Uh, what does qualify would be childbirth or placement for adoption, um, caring for a spouse or child or parent that has a serious health condition. Um, you know, those are those are really the, you know, what the um, what the credit is is geared for. Those types of, of family um, leaves. Okay, so generally, the written policy that we talked about as part of the first criteria must be in place already before the leave is taken in order to be eligible for the tax credit. However, the reason to act on this now or to prepare everything for 2019 is that um, under this rule, an employer's written leave policy can be adopted retroactively if the policy is adopted on or before December 31st of 2018 and the leave practices are brought into compliance with this policy by that date. And so what we're talking about there is not just having the written policy in place, it's talking about having everything paid and all of that. Stacey, can you share some of the things that you and I were talking about before we actually started this podcast? Yeah, so this uh, this change or this provision here, this tax credit is part of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that was passed into law very late in 2017. It took effect as of 1-1 of 18. And, you know, when any, whenever you have this type of a law that is so expansive, um, the IRS will often, you know, provide some f flexibility in terms of when the employer can adopt the policy. And so here, they're basically saying, look, if, if, you know, you have to have a written leave policy in place, um, but as long as you adopt it prior to the end of 2018, then you can take advantage of this credit for 2018, provided that your policies and procedures comply with the, the tax credit policy. Um, one thing I, I think I just realized I, I misspoke earlier um, on the qualifying leave for family medical leave, that does include the employee's own serious health condition. It's not just for the, the, the family members. I, I left that one out. Um, and we also, you know, just like with other FMLA leaves, you get the qualifying exigency and covered service member leave as well. So if you're helping a service member prepare for duty or care for a service member, you know, who's been injured, um, you know, that, that type of uh, leave also qualifies. Yeah, thanks for adding that. Um, so, okay, so the reason we wanted to have this conversation is that it's late in 2018, but however, 
If you offer a paid short-term disability program, you think you offer it to everybody who would be a qualifying employee, or you think you could go back and retroactively make it right and whole by December 31st, meaning pay everyone who was eligible, then there is still a chance that you could take that credit for 2018. But if not, certainly you could get everything in line for going forward for 2019. So um, back to the conversation that we're having or the comment that I suppose I mentioned maybe in the beginning about it potentially being low-hanging fruit for these employers who are offering are, already extending a short-term disability policy that includes a paid portion. Um, what do employers need to do to claim the credit? How do, how do they actually say they've got all the things, all the ducks in a row that they need to have? What then? Um, so it, it's basically an accounting function at that point. There are a couple of forms that the employer needs to file to claim the credit. Um, the, one of them is the 8994 form. It's the employer credit for paid family and medical leave. And there's another one um, that also gets filed, which is form 3800, the general business credit form. Um, and the employer would file that with their, their tax return to claim the credit. Okay, so, and then one quick comment that I did want to have you speak to uh, before we close, how would this work in relation to state or government paid leave? You know, because I know some states do offer paid disability leave or require paid disability leave, and some municipalities have provisions as well. That's that's right. Um, unfortunately, it seems that any leave that is paid by a state or local government or that's required by state or local law is not going to be taken into account for any purpose in determining the amount of family medical leave that was paid or provided by the employer. Um, so any, you know, none of that type of leave would be taken into account um, you know, for, for that purpose under the, under the employer's written policy. Okay, so to claim the tax credit from an employer, it must be employer-paid leave that follows the criteria. So when does this tax credit end? Um, it's in place, it's temporary. It's only in place for 2018 and 2019. Um, this is one of those ones, though, where if it proves to be popular, I could certainly see where it's one of those, those laws that will get extended toward the end of the year, you know, prolonged for another two years and so on and so forth. Uh, wouldn't surprise me, but at this time, it does sunset at the end of 2019 if it's not extended. Okay, so all the more reason for anybody who is interested in claiming this credit and just needs to do a few things to get the criteria where it needs to be to claim it, you know, go ahead and do those things, at least get it for 2019 if you can't get it for 2018. And like Stacy's saying, perhaps it'll even be available after that. If you have more questions and you'd like to speak with me further or you'd like to speak with Stacy, you can um, always do that through me. You can reach me at Sarah G, S-A-R-A-H-G at LPN insurance.com. Thanks so much for joining us on this podcast and please listen to one of our other topics. Have a great day.